Hello, welcome to Truck Stop Murder True Crime Podcast. I am your host, Gary Howard. It's been a while since I recorded an episode. I do apologize. In fact, I'm going to stop saying dates and times when I'm going to record because obviously I cannot uphold to them because of my busy schedule. So, without further ado, if you're, this is my murder episode, there will be no truck stops involved in this one. I will be doing one later on that. This is just my murder episode. I used to call it my Monday murder episode, but it's just going to be a murder episode. So, like the last people I did where I covered a person who was executed since 1976, I think 77, when the federal government brought back that you know, capital punishment in the United States. And I'm going to start from the beginning one and go all the way until now, which there's a lot of people that's been executed since then. And I'm not just going to stay with one state. I am going to revolve around state to state. And so today we're talking about Frank Joseph Capella. When I first heard this name, I thought about the movie actor, but nope, it's not the movie actor by far. He was an American convicted murderer and former police officer from Portsmouth, Portsmouth, that's it, right? Virginia. He was convicted and sentenced to death the 1978 capital murder of Mariel Hatchell. Hatchell was bound with Venetian blind cords and then had her head slammed repeatedly into the floor until she died. Capella and his accomplices fled with $3,000 in cash and some rings from the crime scene. On September 26, 1978, Capella was convicted of first-degree murder, capital murder, first-degree capital murder, and sentenced to death in Virginia's Lexicure. His conviction and, conviction and death sentence was upheld after appeal to the Supreme Court of Virginia. So, who is this Frank Capella, and how do we get to this situation that we're in right now with this guy back in the 70s? So, Frank Joseph, or 80s, Frank Joseph Capella was born February 25, 1944, in Portsmouth, Virginia. The youngest of three children born to Vincent Anthony Capella and Mary Rose Capella. He grew up in a lower middle class neighborhood in Portsmouth where he was supported his family by his family who were very religious. As a child he served as an altar boy at the St. Paul's Catholic Church in Portsmouth. Frank was close to his father who worked as a bookkeeper with the two sharing mutual love for athletics. For athletics he loved sports. In 1954 Frank's older sister died due to kidney failure which is crazy I, when I looked up the final grade for Frank it was right I, I was like how did and it's in my notes but yeah she died of a young girl at, of kidney failure in 1957 his father died as well in 1963 Frank graduated from St. Paul's Catholic High School in August 1965 Capella joined the Portsmouth Police Department Within the first 12 months of service, he was dismissed due to submitting a false statement to the chief of police and for failing to report an assault on a prisoner. Capella appealed his decision and was restated into the force after a 90-day suspension without pay. Which, if you've been listening to my past episodes, I did try to get a job with the U.S. I know, I know Desra hates this, my wife. She said, just stick to the case. But I want to talk about this since he appealed it. I have been appealing in my denial job position at the 
Polinsky unit. One of the reasons why I have not been put kind of depressed about that. I was really hoping to quit truck driving. I've been doing it for seven years and be able to spend more time at home. But I guess it was just not the best to be. I guess I am born a truck driver. But yeah, he was submitting, you know, enough of that. Without pay. In April 1967, Capella was suspended again, this time for insubordination to a superior officer. Two months later in June, Capello was recommended for dismissal for failure to perform duties correctly on three separate occasions. Within days, Capello submitted his resignation and ended his career in law enforcement. Over the next few years, Capello worked multiple jobs and was a finance worker, a co-worker owner of a drive-in restaurant, a car salesman, and a carpenter's assistant. Between 1968 and 1970, Capella worked as a salesman for Gosport Motor Sales, where he was promoted to assistant manager, sales manager during these years. He married his first wife, from with whom he had two sons with. The marriage engine ended in 19 engine marriage engine. It's like a locomotive going down. No, the marriage ended in 1971 while Capella was serving time for burglary conviction. So here's where his crime started. And uh, but then again, he his crime could started prior to this while he was a police officer, but no records show that probably sealed it. In night in July 1973, Capella was re- released from prison, returning to selling cars. In 1974, he opened his own business, running an automobile reconditioning firm. During this time, Cabello were married to a woman named Karen Lewis Evans. In March 1975, Capello was involved in an automobile accident that left him with back pain, back injuries and back pain. It just says back pain. The accident, um, amongst other issues, caused his second marriage to fail, fall apart. The couple struggled financially, and from January 1976, they lived off money they had borrowed from friends and family members. So they were having a hard time. Capella and his fam- former accomplice in a burglary you know, conviction, Joseph Milter. Milter, I don't know how to spell it. Milter, Milter, I'll say Milter, M-I-L-T-I-E-R, along with Milter's girlfriend, Donna Mills, and Co. This is where things got to the worst. And this is why we're talking about the man right now. And Capella's wife, new wife, Karen Capella, plotted to rob Peyton M. Hatchell, a wealthy used car dealer who lived in a quiet neighborhood in Newport News, Virginia. In the spring of 1978, Capella, posing as a priest, tried to gain entry to Hatchell's home, but was unsuccessful. Weeks later, the group came up with another plan. On April 22, 1978, Mills knocked on Hatchell's door, posing as a delivery. This is Hatchell's girlfriend, or Mills' girlfriend, posing as a delivery girl. Hatchell's wife, Merle Hitchell, answered the door. Unbeknownst to her, Donna Mills was armed with a gun that was hidden in some roses that she was bringing up there. Mills, Capella, Miltier. Why am I having trouble saying Miltier? Miltier? Sounds like something. Miltier. I don't know why. I'm trying to say that with an accent, but there's Miltier. Miltier. Then gained access to the house while Karen waited at the gateway driveway in a nearby vehicle. Once inside, Merrill was beaten by the trio. According to a trial testimony later on, Capella repeatedly, so later on, they would, everybody would turn on Capella. 
they would say that he was the prime person. But yeah, Capelli repeatedly smashed Muriel's head against the floor, demanding to know where she kept all the money. During the home invasion, Peyton Hatchell, her husband, returned home and witnessed the attack of his wife. And so he proceeded, like any husband, intervened. A group then also attacked him before fleeing the property with three rings and $3,000 in cash. But there's actually more money in her. In one of her uh, makeup kits, there was a lot more money. There was over $5,000 that, that she kept there that they did not find. So, yeah, $3,000 and 30 rings. Miro died of brain hemorrhages and complications with aspiration due to vomit in her throat. So she threw up from the beating. So severe. Now, her husband survived the beating. They remained in hospital for three weeks, requiring a permanent steel plate in his head from where the blows inflicted by Capello had fractured his skull. So from there, I don't know. They, there's no records of it, it was just Capella attacking all, both of them, or all three attacked. While Capella did attack it while everybody else was ransacking the house, which I'm talking about Milter and his girlfriend, it was not stated. There's not really much on that. Not too many people cover this guy, and which baffles me is during his execution, You, I'll, this is why I, we'll get to that. makes me wonder why, because what happened at his execution. But yeah, all four per- during he was able to get out, crawl out before the husband, before, and he, before as they were getting out, so someone called the police, and all four perpetrators were captured and found guilty of the crime. And of course, everybody turned on Capella. Capella was tried and convicted of capital murder. He denied any involvement in the crime. Circumstantial and direct evidence was used against him. His fingerprints were found on Hatchell's car, and because when they, they came back, they they had tucked their car and met up with his, Capella's wife, and then that's where they took off. And this is what she would say. But we'll get to that. He denied any involvement in the crime. Circumstantial and direct evidence was used against him. His fingerprints was found in Hatchell's car, and Mills testified against him, describing to the jury how Capella beat and murdered Merrill. So on September 26, 1978, following a guilty verdict, Capella was sentenced to death. Be gone with you to death sentence. Miltier was given a life sentence for capital murder. That's though his friend that he was the main guy. Well, not the main guy, but he, he had did crimes with them before. He was sentenced to life. Miltier was given a life sentence for capital murder, life sentence for two robberies, 20 years for maiming, and one year each for two counts of the use of firearms in the commission of felony. So he's not getting out. As for Mills, she received his girlfriend she received life plus 170 years so she's not getting out at all too now let's get with mrs karen capella 29 thursday was convicted of first oh, no, i say thursday but 29th on that thursday was convicted of first degree murder two counts robbery and one count of maiming in new newport news circuit judge douglas m smith found the Portsmouth woman guilty as accessory before the fact of the asylum on April 22nd of Mrs. Muriel Hatchbull, 45, robbed her husband Peyton M. Hatchell, Jr., 55, and naming of Hatchell. She said she had no idea what her husband in the military was going to do. She had no idea. She was just driving there, just doing as her husband told her to do. But Mrs. Capella admitted she followed instructions of her husband on the day of defense 
She says she drove the car in which the four came from Portsmouth to a department complex area to await the return of the three. She says she waited an hour and a half before they arrived, and and she later learned that Hatchell's car, you know, she she later learned was Hatchell's car throughout. So that doesn't really make no sense. When they came back, they they came back to the car. Now she re- later realized it was his car. She repeated the theme that she did not know and did not want to know anything. Did not want to know anything was going on. She said, "I'll give you there, but don't tell me what was happening. What you're doing? Nothing." But attorney William M. Robinson Jr. obtained a mission from Mrs. Capella that she was staying with Capella because he expected to receive a hundred thousand dollar settlement in a personal injury case and had promised to give her half so she could get her own apartment for herself and her 13-year-old son. Smith said he believed Mrs. Capella helped to get money out of the Hatchel's robbery to get help to start her new life away from Mr. Capella. There you go. <coughs> Excuse me. She had insisted that she thought the trio might be involved in drug theft. Mrs. Capella said that she learned a day or two after events that Mrs. Hatchell had died, and Mr. Capella told that, that Capella, not Mr. Capella, that Capella told her she should keep quiet. She said that she heard Capella talking about an alibi with an, another man later testified for Capella. The man said he would be handicapped in offering an alibi. So he threatened him to, if he didn't offer him an alibi, he's going to handicap him after a certain hour. Since he made bad guest decisions that still bad guests for dinner. So he was saying that his person that he, one of his alibi persons, my notes is kind of crazy here, but he, he tried, tried to tell this guy to tell him I was at dinner with you. But of course that did not work. But yeah, Karen Capella was sentenced to 55 years as an accessory. Before abolition, before the abolition of March 24, 2021 by Governor Ruff, so there's no longer death penalty in Virginia. They abolished it on March 24, 2021, by Governor Ralph Northam. Turn all the life with no parole. Turn all the death penalties with life with no parole. Murder was the only crime in which the death penalty was applicable in Virginia under Virginia Criminal Code. Capital murder was defined as willful, deliberate, and premeditated killing involving at least one of the following aggravating factors and I'll go over them with you so if you kill somebody with these aggravating factors in Virginia before that date I told you in 2021 you would be getting a death penalty so let's go over them be committed in the commission of abduction when such abduction was committed with intent to extort money or benefit with the intent to defile the victim of such abduction be committed for hire be committed by a prisoner confined to a state or local correctional facility or while in the custody of an employee therefore thereof. Be committed in the commission of robbery and attempted robbery. Be commissioned committed in the commission of or subsequent to rape and or attempted rape, forcible sodomy, or attempted forcible sodomy, or object sexual penetration. Be committed against a law enforcement. Also, to be committed against a law enforcement. I had a break in my notes for some reason. <laughs> but be committed against a law enforcement, even another state or government official, your federal government, which when such killing is for the purpose of inter-
interfering with the performance of his official duties. B committee gets more than one person as a part of the same act of transition. B committed against more than one person within a three-year period, serial killer, I guess. B committed to the commission or attempted commission of drug trafficking. B committed pursuit to the pursuit in order to who is let me start that again. B committed pursuit to the direction or order of one who is engaged in a continuing criminal enterprise, a mob leader, I guess. B committed against a pregnant woman by one who knows that the woman is pregnant and has the intent to cause the involuntary termination of the woman's pregnancy without a live birth. Be committed against a person under the age of 14 by a person. This is what I thought was crazy, which is good. You know, I'm not crazy. I said crazy, but it's good. Be committed by against a person under the age of 14 by a person 21 or older. So if you're 21 or older, you kill a kid under 14, you're getting the death penalty before he committed them. But you will be getting life in prison without parole. So either way, it's a win-win. Be committed in the commission of attempted commission of an act of terrorism. Be committed against a justice or judge when killing is for the purpose of interfering with the, his official duties. And last one, if you lasted this long with my mush mouth duties, be committed against a witness in a criminal case for the purpose of interfering with a person's duties on such case. So yeah, Frank Hesha, who identified during the during the trial, Frank let's talk about Frank the husband. Frank Hatchell, who had identified Milter, said he could not identify Coppola. He said he did not see the face of the man that was with Milter. So he said Milter was there, but he could not 100% identify Coppola. And after Coppola, after all that, he he still claimed his innocence, but like some of the other people we covered. He, he finally says, screw it. Just, he waived his, you know, subsequent appeals and was executed via electrocution on August 10th, 1982. The first person executed in Virginia since the U.S. Supreme Court reinstated capital punishment in 1976. He also was the first person executed in Virginia since 1962, and he maintained his incident until the execution. Now, during his execution, it was, you could say it was a flawed you know, botched execution. But during his execution, he had actually caught on fire. I don't know if the voltage was too high, but first of his legs caught on fire, his arms caught on fire. So it ended the whole room filled with smoke because this is just... I never personally smelled a burning human being, but they sure did that day. So they considered it a botch. And, of course, the, everybody who was against the execution death penalty was talking about how that was cruel, unusual punishment. Well, how about Mrs. Hatchell? Where was that? She, Her head was bounced off the, the floor like a basketball trying to get money. How about her cruel and unusual punishment? Nobody thinks about that. I'm not saying the, the, the punishment should fix the crime, but just, it means the guy died. Just, let's learn from mistakes. Let's try, let's try not to do it again. But it is what it is. So in the summer of 1982, Capella, I already said that, on August 10, 1982, Capella was executed in Lexington. Capella was the first person, like I said, outside the prison. Meanwhile, there were 30 protesters saying, someone's dying, Lord, and 
very science such as message as thou shalt not kill and execution is nothing more than sanctioned murder. And so there he is. It's kind of a short case. I wanted to put this out. I'm going to try to put every Monday, you know, not Mondays. I'm going to try to go in order of it all. Hopefully I don't have to wait too long. But, yeah, let's go back to the the governor's time. One last thing. Virginia Governor Charles Robb was criticized by some for not intervening in the execution of convicted murderer Frank J. Capella. Says he didn't interfere because he had no question about Capella's guilt of the of the constitutionality of the state's death penalty law. If I thought the penalty was unconstitutional, we would have we would not have proceeded. Rob said at 12:15 a.m. today, about 45 minutes after Capella's execution Tuesday night at the state's penitentiary, I don't think even the most concerned people or groups talked about guilt or innocence. The governor added, but. Chan Kendrick, director of the Virginia chapter of the American Civil Rights Liberties Union, who has spent a frustrating day on behind the scenes maneuvering to try to stop the execution, a charge that Rob neglected his responsibility. I think the state definitely wanted revenge. I think Chuck Bob was totally irresponsible in this in his in his post, Kendrick said. Obviously politics came before human life, we oppose executions flat out in all circumstances. Although the ALC wasn't publicly involved, that was this quote, um, Chad Kendrick. Although the ACLU wasn't publicly involved in the last minute appeals to hold execution, it wanted Capello's life spared because he wasn't was a defendant in a challenge for the constitutional nice. But basically, all this is is they're trying to say that cruel, unusual punishment, that the governor could have stopped it any time, but he chose not to. But obviously the governor, with the evidence handed to him, decided that it was not, you know, he everything involved in this was constitutional. So they went on with execution and set him on fire. But there you go. If you'd like to pay your respects to Meryl Powell Hatchell, here she was born April 5th, 1927 in North Carolina. And of course she died in April 22nd, 1978, in Virginia. She is buried in the Peninsula Memorial, Memorial Park in Newport News, Virginia. So if you want to check her out, go ahead. Now, her husband's still alive. So, but yeah, if you want to pay her respects, there you go. You put a flower by her grave. Go to find the grave where I found this information at. You just leave a flower comment. And as for our man of honor, or or man of St. Joseph, he is buried with his sister. They are buried in Plymouth City, Virginia. So if you want to spit on his cradle, he was born in Portsmouth for City, Virginia in February 25th, 1942, and died in Richmond City, or executed age 38 on August 10th, 1982. So if you want to go to Olive Branch Cemetery in Portsmouth, Virginia, spit on his grave, but make sure you get on the right side because his sister is buried on the right side. Remember the one I told you with the head, the kidney failure? Rosemary Capella. She was 1936 to 1954. But there you go. There's the horrible case. Uh, well, uh, one of our murder cases. Murder cases of Frank Joseph Capella. If you like that, please write and review anywhere you go. Also, hopefully everything comes up well. I changed to Anchor, you know, from my last hosting site, which Anchor is free. If you want to try it out and you want to start a podcast, 
I suggest Anchor. So there you go. Email me at truckstopmurder at gmail.com or, and join my Facebook group at truckstopmurder and true crime, Instagram truckstopmurder, and also Twitter at truckmurder. Also, before I forget, if you are in the Dallas area, and there is plenty of podcasts that's going to be at the 2022 True Crime Podcast Festival. I will be there. I'll be doing a live recording, which I'm excited to do. I've never done that. And some of the podcasters that's going to be there, there's a lot of podcasters. True Crime Fan Club is going to be there, already gone. True Crime Bullshit. Some just going over a few of them. True con- Consequences. Our True Crime Podcast. Should we talk about this podcast? Last or not confidential, top true crime in the 50, women in crime, somewhere sinister. Also, his podcast is his monsters, military murders with me there. I'm a vet, so I'll be talking to her. Crime scholar, method of madness, and a bunch more. There's going to be a few paranormal bath and body parts. There's going to be a few paranormal ones there as well if you're into paranormal. But check us out. We'll be in Dallas between August 26th to the 28th. Get your tickets now at truecrimepodcastfestival.com. Link will be in the description. And like I always say, you can't fix stupid, but you can sure numb it with a 2 by 4 I'm out of here. Thank uh-huh.